Round two. There's a Thursday, theme of this episode. October 19th, 4.19 p.m. Bad Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm Brett. Welcome, guys. It's a very special episode. It's 4.20 and my birthday. So today we have joining us two of my very good friends from my philosophy classes. They're fellow philosophy majors. Kevin might be a minor. I'm a minor, right? yeah. So we have Kevin Reynolds and Jack Kinsman. Yeah. Nice to have you guys. Thanks for having us, Brett. Truly, some of the best conversations I've ever had have been with you guys, like after lunch, like after class and lunch. We have some stories. Yeah, I feel bad for Drew, but like we've had some good class stuff, dude. Because like philosophy teachers are characters. Oh yeah. Like Scoble, like mm -hmm. Cober. Mm -hmm. De dude, Devlin is a sweetheart. I feel like Devlin is like the sweetheart of the philosophy department. I never had Devlin. What does he teach? He's like he loves existentialism, and he oh, does okay. like the the philosophy of science and stuff like oh. that. Good I talked stuff. to him once. It was just about movies, but I, I never had him. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, he's, he, he's into like David Lynch and stuff. Oh. He like visited my my senior seminar mm -hmm. with uh, Cober. It was dude. It was actually like really good because he like really disarms everybody. Mm. Where like a lot of everyone, a lot of the other philosophy teachers are like, like Pearson is like, like it's scary because like he's <laughs> he's a smart guy and he's yeah. like. He's pointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Devlin is much like softer. Like he plays devil's advocate a lot, and I think that's what you're talking about. When mm. I was talking with him, when you said disarm was the perfect word, some teachers come with their learning, but he kind of takes the opposite side or your side and just goes like, well, points out something you might not see. Yeah, and like not only that, but he like will he'll be like, wow, that was a good point. Like, mm -hmm. I never thought of it that it's way. Just nice. It's like you, you're first meeting a good guy, and yeah. then it, like the education follows. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Pearson, it's like you're meeting this like educated like heavyweight. Oh yeah, I think it's the British dude. <laughs> There's well, something. He's, about he's an Oxford grad. Mm -hmm. Is he really? Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Wait. Yes, he is. Yeah. No, I don't no. know if he got his PhD there. If he's an undergrad, I don't know. Idiot. But uh, yeah, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's one of like the. Hey. <laughs> He's like one of the nicest, mm. most intimidating teachers. Yes. Like, as far as having both of those qualities, yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm. mm. If you want to work, though, like, if you really will work for the subject yeah. matter, like, he's awesome. Mm -hmm. He's he's a tougher, um, he's tougher on essays than probably most English teachers. Yeah. But he teaches you to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For real. Mm -hmm. I remember I had an English teacher, John McDonough. And I always thought mm. I was like a good writer. Sure. And then like, but I didn't realize that I was just like, it was all fluff. And one mm -hmm. time he sat down with me and he's like, Brett, I just want to like show you something. And he sat with a red pa a red pen and he's like, oh, okay, shit. let's, let's, let's look over your paper. And I was like, okay. And he's literally like fluff, 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 fluff. fluff. And he literally just crossed out wow. like almost the whole first page. And like, he's like, you can probably understand. You probably get it from here. Cause I was like, oh, like, like back in like the day before, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> the ramifications since this, the beginning yeah. of time. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> don't waste the reader's time. Like, like you got to stop doing that. Like, yeah. every sentence should push the the story forward. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Like, I Did actually like have that? to write this. So I mean, like, dick I like, loved it, dude. I should be uh, like jaded to that as an English major, but I it, that would kill me mm. if they went over my my thing with <laughs> really? the red pen. Yeah, I just. Ugh. Philosophy's changed the way I write. Yeah. Like, it's very much you just throw it right. You just got to get to the point. Like, there's Yeah, I remember the, the first, I think it was from McAlinden. I handed in essentially an English paper, and she was like, this is not a philosophy paper. Hmm. You know? It's new. People don't. There's like, no pretty writing. There's no. None. There's no subjective uh, commentary on mm -hmm. the side. Uh, there shouldn't be. It's funny, though, because, like, when I read people, like, non-philosophy, like, majors or anyone who's had, mm. like, a philosophy class, like, when I read their paper, it's, it's like they're perpetually, like, 
getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, they're never, like, spitting it out. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, a philosophy student, it's, like, the first first sentence of the paper. It's, like, like, this paper is about X, Y, and Z. Right. (laughs) And it's, like, okay. As far as constructing an argument, though, I feel so much less confident in a philosophy paper (laughs) where you're saying that... uh, you know Kant is wrong about this point yeah. like he's wrong and here's why I think he's wrong you know it's not like saying uh, this character is indicative of this theme sure, sure. and it's all interpretive and also like uh, you can find critics that say the same thing mm. um, you have to just argue I just feel stupid arguing against <laughs> a real philosopher even if I it's like even if I really disagree yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who am I yeah. to like? I don't care how silly they're conclusions are they got to it in a way that was way more intelligent than than i could do Mm -hmm. but you got to like understand that genius can come from anywhere Mm -hmm. and like you could just have the perspective to poke a hole in Kant's argument yeah i mean well because you're you're either right or you're wrong sometimes so Mm -hmm. we're kind of in a post (laughs) yeah you can just kind of yeah i think the biggest thing that i've taken away and i said it to my professor the other day it's the whole socratic thing is like to, to, to add your point kevin it's like just don't be afraid to be wrong like don't be like philosophy's given me appreciation appreciation to be like a dilettante like to look at other subjects and be like i don't know anything teach me like mm-hmm. like the, the socrates, beginner's mindset yeah the socrates story is like oh he's getting old right and he's like a stonemason before he was a philosopher he was really ugly right scoble they tells always us that. mention how ugly he was so <laughs> funny first day yeah. you gotta know like, i don't get like think of how many famous people that are noted for their ugliness there's got to be there's there's a lot or a little it's like a handful yeah, not a lot. I think so because you, you usually bring up the achievements first, and then you eventually you get to ugly once you get like, really I feel like specific. Danny yeah. DeVito, Danny DeVito, <laughs> yeah. like way I, I meant like historically, but like Danny DeVito, <laughs> yes, historically, he's really ugly. Yeah, he's an ugly dude. But yeah, so Socrates is he's like, oh, who's the wisest person in the world? I want to learn from them, and so he sends a runner to the oracle who interprets dreams, I guess, and the runner comes back and he's like. Uh, the oracle said, Socrates, you're the smartest person. He's like, but I don't know anything. And that's the first step. And so it's like writing these papers, I would agree, Kevin, because like these ideas are really way out there. You're asking some of the hardest questions and there's less wiggle room yeah. to kind of be like, oh, you can kind of cop out in English. I say that all the time. It's kind of a bullshit subject. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It depends on how you do it. Philosophy, there's a weird rigor. I like symbolic logic is good for that. It's basically math. You, I, I really skipped well lo- it's, logic aside like. from the foundations. I, I never did symbolic or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I'm, more, I have, I'm much more like, I feel like people either think like, I guess I want to say spatially mm-hmm. versus like linguistically. Hmm. Like I'm more of like, I think in like concepts and like, mm-hmm. I'll like literally move ideas and numbers in my head. About, mm-hmm. Like Fuck. I'm not actually ta- like talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I feel like that's how a lot of people formulate. I definitely mm-hmm. have an inner monologue. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, dude, you said something earlier that I liked the uh, the removal of fluff from essays. Mm. I like how you said how in philosophy that it's that's valued, you know, to just get mm. right to the point. Whereas coming at it from the business major perspective, it's like the total opposite. Really? Like it's almost like fluff is valued. Like you're making huh. the sale. You're trying to oh, appeal yeah. to emotion, yeah. and you're just like trying to like build up, but you never quite get there. You're building mm. the image. Yeah, and mm. it, I don't like it, but it's. I'm good at it. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. But then there are some other ones. Like I'm in a a business 
I think it's a modeling and simulation. Yeah, modeling and simulation, mm -hmm. where basically you just look at these like inputs and outputs, and that's where it's the opposite, where fluff is not mm -hmm. valued, and they just want you to get right to the point and and basically get to the mathematics of it. Mm -hmm. But I like that because I've never had a professor like like Brett sit down with me and just be like, this is bullshit, this mm -hmm. is bullshit, get to the point. Mm -hmm. Where they're just like, oh, nice paper, like lots of words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like like you said though, like they want you to be like, build the image and set, because they sure. want the emotion. Whereas mm. like, that's what they care about. Whereas what like the philosophy side of it is, they care about your argument. They care mm -hmm. about like, because yeah. that's not gonna sell anything. Yeah. You're like this, this like product can do this, this and this, but it will fail under these circumstances. Like when, like that's not how you sell mm. something. It's like the Trump of majors, <laughs> just it like is. appealing to emotion. Peacocking, yeah. <laughs> mm. But that's like the successful, that's like, like if you truly like, if your goal is to make money, Mm -hmm. Then like business major, dude. Yeah. It's, it's the most like grimy. practical. I think that's the coolest thing. It's such a cliche, cliche question to ask someone, what's your major? And it's like, oh, geez, what are you going to ask for like where I'm from and what my birthday is next? But it's, you're getting, I wouldn't say what's true, but like in, we're seeing, we're talking about it right now, how in different disciplines, there's different objectives. And so it's not like there's an ethical thing about right or wrong. It's like Jordan Peterson talks about there's different forms of truth. Like you could look at like an agnostic scientist and a, you know, like a, a pastor, they believe different things and they get to um, different objectives, but they're still kind of operating in similar ways. And so it's just, just you know, the value of knowledge is just endless, I think. It absolutely is. Yeah. And like you touched upon like an agnostic scientist, mm -hmm. like that's such a cliche, uh, not a cliche, but kind like, of. no, the idea of like the scientist who's an atheist. Right. Like, do yeah. you guys truly think that like science and religion are totally separated and incompatible? Um, parts. There's a statistic, actually. I forget where it was. This is so bad. I always quote studies, but I don't know where they're from. Two-thirds of scientists practice, or they believe in a higher power that will influence Whoa. them on a day-to-day -day level, but they keep it out of the lab. Well, yeah, you should. Yeah. I know <laughs> I, Einstein said he believed in Spinoza's God. Spinoza's God, which mm -hmm. is a pretty secular God, but he still talks about God in a, Spinoza in a very religious was, way. Do you want to get someone to get a rundown of Spinoza? He of was that guy. God? He was just that guy. No, fuck <laughs> <laughs> so Spinoza, what Spinoza believed God was? What, where was Spinoza from? Was he? I think that's German. Brussels, or I yeah, to be German or something. Europe, Belgium. Yeah, he was from know. the continent of Europe, <laughs> somewhere in that. But he, he was the pantheism guy, right? Like his God was almost, and like any philosopher would hate this, but <laughs> it was almost just an amalgamation of everything. So I huh. think I think he said uh, the one substance out of which everything is made. So. Kind of like a big. Um, it's like the yeah, compilation like the, god. It's like the uh, sandbox in god's which all these hits. things like. Yeah, I think he said it's like it's the compilation of all thoughts and physical things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it's technically a thinking being because it en encompasses all of thought. That's weird. Um, so technically, it's like a sentient um, being. Because thoughts really are immaterial. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't know. I mean, I guess you could reduce it to like electric, like mm. impulses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really um, reductionist. I don't like doing that because it like takes away from the power of the individual. I feel like there's a lot of truth in it, though. Think so? Yeah, you, you so. seem like the type to like more of the Sam Harris type. Because, <laughs> Drew, <laughs> you're, you're very atheistic. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've been like, I've been moving around, though. Definitely yeah. living with you has opened my eyes to a lot of different viewpoints. But I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've always liked to do that. It just reduce the human consciousness to whatever I think its core existence is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I... I 
I don't like to think of it as this otherworldly thing, hmm. but sometimes that's the only way I can because I have no perception of what it really is. Mm-hmm. But you got to like, like that whole perspective thing and genius can come from anywhere. Like you, what do you think it is? Like think that mm. whatever is like, whatever your gut no, is telling you, you like, <laughs> definitely actually yeah that could lead some dangerous yeah, places okay, okay. no but i get what you're saying is and i think what i'm picking up from you drew is that you're saying you just you like to start with your reasoning you consider yourself a rational yeah. person so you're not going to go and we talked about this what was it we joked we call it a sky daddy or something yeah like, <laughs> sky daddy yeah and it's sky like daddy. Oh, your version of sky daddy and like like he's gonna help me win the water <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's there's a real naive thing that kind of comes with it but it's i don't know it lends its way to kind of Imagination and creativity. It's I'm not true that is, but because there's some real dogmatic. I think um, the the any really complex notion of God is kind of mm. gone out the window now. It's yeah. not typically talked about because um, everything's so secular now that if you hear somebody say God, you instantly think the biblical God. You don't Christian, think Judeo Christian. You don't God. think that they have some like um, in depth philosophical uh, idea yeah, yeah. of God. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just think like. Uh, well, they believe in the God from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dirty uh, word. Yeah, yeah, it's God is used. very dirty. I I could definitely see an atheist who declares himself an atheist now, who probably mm-hmm. believes in the same God that people who were theists believed in years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's just you don't you don't really use the word God like that anymore. Mm, I agree. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I feel like God is like the idea of having a God is. Humans are meaning machines, hmm. I feel like. Hmm. We really, like, like, we generate it wherever we go. We're like, oh, like, this means that. Like, yeah. I stepped on this. I stepped on a crack. And that means that, like, anything hmm. that we do, it, it generates meaning. So, like, of course we're going to go for the biggest thing that we hmm. have, which yeah. is our yeah. life. Yeah. And, like, not only, like, the meaning of our life, but the meaning of all life. Hmm. And the meaning of life is so, I guess, God well, isn't really a see, meaning. But if you see how things work, uh, hmm. how events happen, they all have causes. And so I get that, I guess the inference is that existence itself has to have a cause mm-hmm. and that's got to be like the the guy, you know? Hmm. Um, Upstairs. But I don't know if existence really needs a, a, a cause or if the, it's well, got its own rules to it. I, don't I, know. I, I wrote a really long thing. I finished that long thing. Oh, you finished the book? Yeah, I finished. I like to write novels. I'm writing Oh, one. shit. It's hugely cool. influenced by Easter Eden. Brett told me to read that. I never read Amazing. that actually. Yeah. Book. I have to read it's it. on my list. Really? Um, I like the grapes of wrath. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, but so point being is that it's like, I've always been interested and I think it's just, I don't know how obvious it is, but like everyone has your own story. And so the idea of religions and these really old stories is that it's like a story moves like a path. You move in a direction and that when you're, when you're just this basic primate in like, because you know, I'm thinking of the Bible, so that's the context I'm in. So about 2,000 years ago, you're getting attacked by like crocodiles and lions and like you see ba- like babies at the same get, time. you see babies getting eaten at the water hole and <laughs> it's like, yeah, all at the same time. No, but um, I so hate how they being, up on you. You need to, um, people write these stories, I feel like to sort of um, protect themselves. And mm. I'm ripping this straight from Peterson. I like this is that in um, Adam and Eve's story when they, eat the apple, the first thing they see is that they're naked. And so they need to cover themselves or insulate themselves. Mm. And um, that insulation is usually culture. And so it's like whatever your story happens to be, where you're from, you know, it's um, Peterson calls the Bible sort of a dream. And it's Jung says something like that, Carl Jung. It's a uh, collective dream. Yeah, he talks about 
ideas having people, not people having ideas. Because it's Absolutely. like, if you sit and just kind of listen to your mind or just kind of look at it, which is a Buddhist thing, it's like some weird stuff happens. Mm. It's like you'll you'll kind of reflect on the things you saw or you thought about. And so it's like, we have our rationale and that's obvious. It's, that's the great thing about man. And that's where philosophy came from is that we're going to use our reason. But like, we're not very smart. We're really <laughs> like, not. We're still pretty smart. dumb, even though like, yeah. and we're getting dumber. Like people Dude, talk absolutely. about a technology or a technological apocalypse and dumbing people down. And so Dude, it's good to look back. The first thing you said there was, I forget exactly how you said it, but mm. like how religion became this like big yeah, public Yeah, you needed thing. a story. Exactly. And I think that's a problem because as soon as, mm. a, as, soon as any like, uh, as soon as any like philosophy starts to believe in itself, that's when the problem, that's when you get the dogmatists. That's when ideal ideologues. Mm -hmm. mm. And believe it or not, I actually like reformed my like argument of meaning really? in, an, in an economics class of huh. all places. From what to what? You mean like? Because like before, I was, to the... before I was asking, what is the meaning of life? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And like, obviously get you to have an objective, me meaning is not objective. Yeah. Meaning is yeah. subjective. So the, the mm. real question is, what is the meaning of life to X? Because oh. because it, in the in economics class they were saying there's no objective cost to something. Mm -hmm. It's only mm. it's only what is the cost of this thing to X? What's it worth? What will this person pay for it in right. this situation? Huh. Three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> My soul. Water's worth three dollars. <laughs> huh. You see, Rice, the, the new season where he's he has a George Senior has a scam where he gets people into um, sweat. Sweat lodges in the middle of the desert and then sells them lemonade for thousands. Of <laughs> <laughs> what is this a season of? Uh, Arrested Development. And he, oh, and he, oh, he yeah, has yeah. like a bad day and he's like, oh, I couldn't fucking sell somebody a glass of lemonade for $10,000 today. <laughs> 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 That's just it though. Because when you're at a sports game like, mm -hmm. and you don't have a water bottle yep. on you, like, you're going to pay that $5 for that water mm -hmm. bottle. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like, if you were in a... If you walked in a 7-Eleven mm. and there's a bubbler outside, like you're never, ever going to pay $5 mm. for a bottle of water. Mm. So, Brett, would you say meaning is sort of like direction? Because there's real basic stuff like I'm hungry, so I'm going to move forward to the kitchen. Mm. But like yeah, I think be a good parent. You're when not people walk say um, meaning of life, I think some people confuse it with meaning uh, in the way that uh, words have meaning, like they just huh. signify other things. Sure. And if you take, if you look at it that way, then that's just meaningless to say that there's a meaning in life. Yeah. But the other, see this, they should really change it. They should make it the purpose of life and yeah. say like, what's the mm. purpose of life? Because nobody uses meaning to mean purpose, but that's what they're using it to mean yeah. in that instance. If it was linguistic, we would just yeah. eat our mouths. We wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't go anywhere. I think it goes back to that like linguistic verse. Like, I, I'll call it spatial because I don't sure. have any other thing. But it's more, it's not really a spatial thing. It's like a feel. Like meaning is like a feeling thing. Yeah. It's not like you can't reduce it to these words. Mm -hmm. It's like the meaning of life is mm -hmm. like what I'm feeling. Why I'm not like blowing my brains out right now. Right. Like and why aren't that's, you? That's the nihilist argument. That's I say do it. <laughs> do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean I don't know how much did either guys take existentialism I never took it I never uh, did we all took not all of us but Brad and I took mm. something that touched on a lot of existentialism um, it's like the human nature sex, or that's the like sexy that. philosophy oh, Cooper. Cooper Cooper she was cool she would do this yeah, yeah. dude they, they say would. that they say why not why not it's, I don't want to take this to a dark turn but like it's that's a tough that's another tough question but I feel like existentialism also gets a really bad rap Mm -hmm. It gets the whole doom and gloom rap. Yes. And it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So like the whole idea of like existential, at least I believe we read Sartre, right? Mm -hmm. 
Red Sartre and who I guess most of the philosophy professors call him Sartre. Sartre. A lot of people like call fart. him Sartre. Uh, right. Farty face. <laughs> yeah, but the idea is that the that's only thing mean people that like that nothing is real except mm-hmm. what you bring into this world through willpower. What is it? Is like existence precedes essence or something? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So like you're not born as the president of the United States. You're born and then you become the mm-hmm. president. So like if you use your will hmm. to write a book, that book is now realer than you are. Huh. Because Whoa. It, exactly huh. because it actually like will outlive you and like can be read by many people, whereas you're just this transitory thing. But mm. you make it this permanent thing. I know everything's transitory, but like no, more permanent than you. Mm-hmm. And like it's a, mm. so it's actually when you really get down to it, it's actually a really positive thing because you say, <laughs> okay, my situation is totally my fault, and there's nothing that can bring me out of this except yeah. myself. And you have to stop relying on Sky Daddy to <laughs> yeah. come down and fix your situation for you. Mm. No amount of prayer is going to get you out of it. The right. only thing that'll get you out is hard work. Mm. Do you think Sky Daddy can evoke a, a, a positive placebo effect in people, though? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Again, I think it can also make you definitely. kill people. Exactly. <laughs> There's two extremes to it. I think it just, uh, I, it's got to be like 90-something percent of people who are, who are theists. Uh, it has just a mildly positive, mildly yeah. to like more extreme positive effect. And then I hope it's the minority <laughs> that fucking uh, kill people. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that like that killing people like urge is really deep in people though, and like <laughs> a lot of people have those m- not only murderous but like genocidal tendencies and drives, but they are never given the power. Look at two drunk people at a football game. Mm. Absolutely, the same devotion. It's like. And there's some comic I saw like that. Some guy's walking on the street. He sees a flag. It says Team A. He picks it up. And there's a guy walking by with a Team B flag sign. And he goes, wow, fuck that guy. <laughs> and it's like you're ensconced in your little world, which, which is good because it gets you where you need to go. But and back to the dangerous. ideas possessing you, it's like, yes. did you choose to be a fan of Team A or were you born there? And all of a sudden that was just given to you. So right. like mm. that idea just like no, as your father and everybody A. like <laughs> just just – it's just wise to weigh your options. I think bringing it all the way back to us talking about philosophy and business, like, and it's so hard to, you know, I think of people, you know, they smoke through, you know, our numbers real, open your mind. And mm. it's like, they're so, you know. But imagine if you're in a, a more isolated society and you don't even know about the idea of other religions. And hmm. then you meet foreigners, you're like, these people are fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That must have been early life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that must have been shocking every time it happened. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine the first contact between Native Americans and Europeans. <laughs> and they had no like concept of, of land ownership. Mm-hmm. So we just show up and we're like, who owns this land? And they're yeah. like, nobody. And we're yeah. like, awesome. <laughs> Get out of here away. It's And our argument was that they weren't using it. It's like they're living. <laughs> they're living on the land. Clearly they're using it. Yeah. We should probably all pack up and head back to Mother Europe. I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I was about, just give um, them it back. <laughs> there's Dude. some Spanish, uh, I don't know, religious guys i don't know if he was a monk he wasn't a monk because mm-hmm. he didn't live in a monastery but he, he was over in the um in in the west indies or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck am i using that term right yeah like the caribbean okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah fuck uh <laughs> but he was there like with columbus's guys or maybe a generation after or whatever mm. and he said that the spaniards used to ride the arawak indians like as a mode of transportation they would what? get on their backs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they, there's like, yeah, isn't that horrible? And there's like no air wax left. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. they're done. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know if they're mm-hmm. actually completely extinct, but there's they're such dwindles numbers because mm-hmm. the Spanish wrote them. Have you ever heard of the book uh, yeah. A People's History of the United States? Yeah, I think that might have been mm-hmm. where I read that. I don't know. I've, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like going back to that thing I said earlier about how, like, there's two sides of every story and, sure. like, the truth is found in the middle. And, like, yeah. like, we got the, like, Western history books and that's one story. Yeah. And then, like, I think Howard Zimmerman is his name, I think. Uh, like, no. It's not Zimmerman, but it's, like, super close. Because <laughs> it's with a like, Z and it's yeah, it's like Howard. That, like, we got to take his into a – it's like the pendulum swung and then it swung and, like mm-hmm. – But what I read in that book is that – Mothers of like Native American children would literally drown their children when they heard that yeah, Columbus was God. coming to his coming there because it would be a more peaceful death than if he got there. Yeah. Oh my God. Good guy. I mean, it was real genocide. Thank That's God what got that, that movie, uh, not movie, but book, Beloved, is about a slave who killed her children um, when she is saw some white men coming. What was the other one? I know Twelve Years a Slave was the huge slave movie. Oh yeah, that was, a, one. that was a really good movie. I'm getting off uh, topic now, but what? There's only two slave movies. There is no <laughs> yeah, topic. No more. Mm. That was a true story purple. too. That that was from that guy's autobiography. Yeah. And he was like a free northern slave, and some white guys just took him and sold him back to sli- not yeah, even back happened. into slavery. If you've never been a slave, it's like your skin's life. dark, dude. Yep. You're, you're you tried to get yeah. out Frederick Douglass. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know what like totally different? Who's still alive? <laughs> but do you know what it blows my mind is a lot of people say ebonics in like a like derogatory term yeah but ebonics the the term was actually coined by a black harvard uh, black harvard graduate huh. really like yeah he actually said no this is not this is like I a sub-dialect vernacular of, i mean yeah it's like not yeah. dialect but what's the word i'm looking for like vernacular i don't know vernacular diction i've heard it's it, just the way vernacular is like it's not another language but it's another way of saying in it language yeah yeah so that's what um, it's like a sub-language like a of cockney english. yeah vernacular i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what is the opposite of Cockney? Not opposite, but opposite like there's Cockney is... and like Cockney's the lower class one, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, op- the opposite is snooty. Snooty. <laughs> 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 well, like I know that in like Chinese, like Mandarin is like the upper class yes. language. Yeah. And then like Cantonese is the like. Right. And I think there's China's a similar weird. dynamic. Well, you know, the China's Beatles weird. were the first famous guys from Liverpool to not change their accents when they once they got famous. Really? Yeah, because mm. they were like, uh, John wasn't, but the other ones were like, Real work in class, yeah. And uh, in in Britain, I guess the the classes and the accents are even more defined than over here. Hmm. So it was a big big uh, to do that they had these working class accents and didn't try to act proper. I think that's a big American thing, and I, I, we didn't touch it on it with the Columbus thing. But like, so we have we have messed up history, <laughs> and people can feel some guilt about that. But like, accents, skin, culture—you really don't know what kind of person you're dealing with until you're talking to them. So that's the kind of there's a lot of contradictions about being an American, and so it's like mm-hmm. you can't really tell what a person is until you kind of just meet them. Well, what like. they're driving and what right? they're wearing, <laughs> and like true. I think that the biggest like, well, at least one of the biggest like tells of a rich person mm-hmm. or an upper class person mm-hmm. is fit a lot of money. Believe it or not, now. really, I think so. In I what think way? that like that they're fit or not fit. Yeah, I feel like to be fit nowadays is the like, like back in the day it used to be like the people who could afford the food were heavy. Right, right, right. And right. now it's swapped that uh, like the people who can afford it are eating the like the whole foods, the grass oh, fed yeah, meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're the ones who have the time and the leisure to work out after because their job isn't hard. Right. And, like, so it's really swapped. So now like you see the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a car is like absolutely the biggest tell. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. before anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I remember. Uh, 
I think it was Jordan Peterson where he talked about how the car is like a communist's worst nightmare. Why is that? Because like you have complete autonomy in the thing. Oh, you can drive wherever yeah, yeah. you want. And mm-hmm. not only that, but it's your literal class and like social str- like oh, wow. Strat- position. Strat- yeah, yeah, right. Like huh. you can see from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Defined by an emblem. On the front yeah, of the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, which which weird little symbol do you have on the front? <laughs> oh, you've got the Toyota one? Uh, like, yeah. you tend to err towards the smaller side. But if you've got the Mercedes logo, ooh, mm. you're fancy. <laughs> I'm so bad with cars that you could point out some piece of shit car to me and say, like, that guy's really rich. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that Do you know that uh, okay. Toyota and a Lexus are the exact, yep. exact same manufacturer? I have yep. a Toyota. And, like, in America, they say that, like, a person won't spend more money on like a Toyota. Mm-hmm. So they actually rebrand the upper level Toyotas as Lexuses. Yeah, it's the same body, same engine, same make. Exact same. If you bought that car in China or Japan, mm-hmm. then it would be still be a it would still be a Toyota. Yeah. That's, hmm. That's what Hyundai just did with the uh, Genesis. They've officially just split off where the Genesis was their like it was their their new namesake. Like everyone loved mm-hmm. the Genesis, but it was almost too fancy for for Hyundai's definitions of like where they stood. Uh-huh. So they just kind of split off and created their own not created their own company but they just they just swapped them out so Genesis is now its own and huh. they're going to be producing their own cars within the next couple of years but Hyundai is going to keep on their own movement I mean Hyundai is still like the grandparent company of both mm-hmm. so they're raking in all the profits right. but people are going to see Genesis now and they're going to be like oh that's a luxury car mm-hmm. but in reality it's still a Hyundai wow what is it do you think uh, I'm going to stop you two seconds oh, yeah. The cameras have stopped, so we're going to take a quick couple-minute break, and we'll be right back at it. Awesome. Was that 30 minutes already? Yeah. Wow. That flies by. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Have fun. Any interest? Nah, I'm good. I'll go again. Yeah. (laughs) Good. It's a little... Dude, this is a fun one. You guys are awesome to talk with. Thanks. So are you. I just kind of, like... Stay silent. And that's what I was saying. I felt bad because, like, we. I want to talk about Will at one point. <laughs> Will, wheelchair Willie. How great would he be to have on here? I put him in the book because he was just. Where the hell did he go? You ever seen this? Oh, kid I saw him the Latino? other day. What? Yeah. He's a Latino kid who has Al Pacino Scarface tattooed on his hand. It's um, Jesus on one hand and Scarface on the other. Yeah, that's, and I you think, have to tell that story. I'm pretty sure it's um, Scarface is the right hand. You have to tell that story. So that's like total priority over Jesus. <laughs> and he said he's, you said he's Hispanic? I think yeah, so. I don't, I don't know. know. I describe him. I like that he joked he's about He's not buying, white. He joked about buying running shoes. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he calls himself wheelchair Willie. <laughs> What's that great. video? Oh, my God. Oh, it's the funniest thing in the <laughs> I world. I found it one day. Does anyone want a glass of water? Have to go to the bathroom? Replace uh, their coffee for water? I don't want nothing. Can I have a water, bro? Yeah, sure. I mean, is your, do you still have coffee? I was just going to pour it in here. Um, yeah, well, it's cold now, but... Do you still want it, or should no, I dump it? You can dump it if you want. I'm going to chug my cold coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you you have to talk about him. I will if you bring it up. I don't... Well, I was going to ask you... It would be better to have him on here so they could tell oh, his yeah. own story. I've never seen this kid before. I've seen... I feel like it... And it's so, like, fucked up to say, but it's hard to miss the kids in the wheelchairs here. There's no, only... Yeah, a, that's not there's a small number. No, that's not fucked so, like, There's, like... You know, walk have, around there's them. There's a handful. <laughs> yeah. But if you see a guy in a wheelchair who has those tattoos, that's well. Short black hair, usually a hoodie. He's kind of hunched even in the mm. wheelchair. But um, he's great. There were two wheelchair students that uh, that kind of 
stuck out to me here hmm. because one of them is like you. like you just see how being in a wheelchair has affected their lives mm. one of them has like yeah. not allowed it to Nothing. to change who he is he like He's still on his game. He, I see him like up early, early in the morning. He's huh. working out. He goes to the gym. He wow. literally like he's in his wheelchair, like doing like lap pull downs oh, and God. shit. Are you shitting me? And I'm like, this guy's a monster. He's actually like he looks like Joe oh, Swanson oh, from Family oh, Guy. Oh, does he have blonde hair? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Parker. Parker? He's yes. On, he's on the tennis team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, like that's someone tennis. who who didn't let Holy that shit. stop him. Yeah. But then there's another kid who used to live in the same building as us who mm -hmm. like he just. Smoke subscribed cigarettes. to his to that lifestyle. Yeah. He's like, well, fuck, like, smoking mm. cigarettes. Like, yeah. I'm just living for pleasure. Like, life mm. is fucked. Which, like, I don't know if either is the right answer, mm. but like, I mean, I know which one I'd be. <laughs> the the first one, right? Right, Kevin? Right? I wouldn't Kevin. play tennis now. So, <laughs> my friend losing my legs would be my, no incentive to play. My tennis. friend was on the tennis team, and Parker was actually ranked above. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's guys, so do, funny. Do you remember your point, or do you want to just? Yeah, it was a business. I have thing. No That's points. No, beautiful. Mm. Hold on, wait. Three, two, go. Can't find the button. <laughs> I didn't know there's a camera there. Ugh. So I like I like talking shop, as you can tell, because it's comfortable. We're at school. You should be hopefully learning stuff. And you were talking about the Hyundai Genesis and what was the other car, Drew? The it was another Hyundai, right? Uh, so the Genesis, uh -huh. and then just the whole other Hyundai line. In oh, general. okay. Like in terms of marketing, is it, it is it dangerous for a company to oversaturate? Like, say I have an, say I have like a million ideas. I want I want to put a million products out there. Would that help or hurt a business? Do you think, like in a principle sort of way? Should I get one thing and make it really good, or? For all the entrepreneurs listening, I don't know the answer to that, but it's funny mm. you bring that up because there was a the point. There was a point that was brought up in one of my marketing classes uh -huh. where it was a scenario where basically you have this hotel company and there's an there's an in-hotel kitchen facility okay. where people, you know, they people can order pizzas, burgers, whatever, uh -huh. and the hotel staff would deliver it to the rooms. Uh -huh. Now, the hotel guests weren't taking advantage of that enough. So their plan was to rebrand uh -huh. the staff the, the food staff working in the hotel to make it seem like they were a separate company, like they were a, huh. a fancy catering company, and they, yeah. they came up with these new uniforms, a new logo. Uh -huh. So it, it's almost like like if you took the way Sodexo at Bridgewater is their own company, mm -hmm. and Bridgewater is hiring them to work, it's, it's basically like the hotel kind of emulated that and is mm -hmm. pretending that this is like a separate uh, food staff coming in. And the the marketing question was: Is this ethical to do? To try to huh. to try to trick people into thinking that they're getting something else, yeah. and they're not getting the same cheap hotel food that they didn't want to get earlier. Hmm. Because basically, what they wanted to do was stop people from ordering pizzas from like Domino's and bringing it to the hotel and right. use their own thing. So they were uh -huh. like, "All right, this is this is our new catering company, and yeah. here they are." But it's really the same people. They, they were the same, uh, literally the same individuals that mm -hmm. were just like put in different uniforms. And they, even like the pizza boxes had like this new logo on them, mm -hmm. like just Ooh. trying to sell it, it as something different. Yeah. The, now, she asked the class if this is ethical or not. We had a discussion on it. And mm -hmm. her, her main point at the end was, yes, this is totally ethical. There's nothing wrong with it. People do it all the time. Hmm. And I don't know if people doing it all the time constitutes it as being ethical. Sure. I, I don't know how much of that is deception. And how much mm. is just like a business decision, you know? It's what do you so think? tough. You just kind of eh. Like, what was your answer to her question? Yes or no? I originally said no. It's not ethical. Hmm. But that's just like 
that's me trying to come at it from a purely philosophical standpoint, which mm. I'm not a philosophy major whatsoever. So, so mm. does what does ethical mean in a business class? Because it doesn't it doesn't mean a legal, right? Right. Like that's, something can be unethical mm. and legal. That's the thing. I don't know what she meant by uh, ethical. Mm. And even even though she said yes, this is ethical, there was still something you inside can't say me that, yeah, eating yeah, away. In the most yeah. broad way, you can't say something's. That's like, what no, I thought. This is moral. Um, so it must have some specific. Well, the, Kevin, meaning, what's your thesis? Because you know? I'm doing my thesis is actually the ethics of advertising. I'm doing that with Scoble. Really? Um, no, I'm doing English stuff, so it's not. <clears throat> yeah, it's I not just like Scoble, but um, he gave me this book. It was one He's of. Great. Um, we met these two professors in Maryland. Oh, the Dugs. Yeah, that's right, the Dugs, and one his name who's it's um uh, I think it's um a Dutch name. His name's Denial. D e n u y l. So he's wow. he's Doctor Denial. Wow! I think that's holy shit. The other one's Rasmussen. So they got some sick names, but um. Corny. Oh, <laughs> in, uh, in that community, they're called the Dugs. They're called yeah. the two Dugs. The Dugs. They're yeah. economic philosophy professors, and he gave me some book. Um, Doug. Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> Doctor Denial <laughs> them, yeah. wrote it in the '90s, and it talks about that. It's like, it's not that a seller is trying to coerce a buyer because it's not. They don't have a gun to your head. That's the interesting yeah. thing about it is that as a buyer, um, sort of like in the Constitution, how like the people have the power. I think it's the same way in the market, wouldn't you say? Yeah, like, I think so. A, a company can influence as hard as they can. You know, they can they could put an ad at that at your door of that hotel to buy the pizza, but it's still up to you at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, but should there be an age? Because is like, because hmm. say yeah. like say like That's them question. putting these like like colorful characters on cereal boxes, mm-hmm. these sugary cereals. Like a mm-hmm. child can't be like, oh, they're trying to sell me. Right. They say, right. oh, I love yeah. Mickey oh, Mouse. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, mom, I want it. I yeah. want it. Well, it's that's like, why they canned Joe uh, Camel. On, on camel, really? si- camel cigarette packs used to have camel, Good. the dick face, <laughs> and not allowed. What? So the kids were. Yeah, I guess it was targeting kids, um, which I'm sure they were intentionally targeting kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know how that happened though. I don't know if a court said you have to stop, or if there was other pressure mm-hmm. that wasn't like from a judicial system, but just. The tobacco industry can probably afford it. I don't know. Any, yeah. Anyone else off the top of their head, but obviously tens of billions of dollars are in there. They can, they can afford a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. The it's best a, lawyer. Yeah. The best lawyers. What do you guys think of alcohol being able to like still advertise? Because they really it's pump weird. it up. Yeah. It's, as a pot smoker, it's always that's the cliche, or not cliche, but the quintessential arguments. Because like, pot, I think, is way less effective for you. There's a, I know this. They did a verbal test in D.C. They tested... I think it was 5,000 people, 2,500, or 25,100, sorry, were never smoked in their life. And then the other group were people who smoked every day for five years. And they did Are a we ling- talking cigarettes or pot? Pot. Okay. Um, and so they did a linguistics test. And so you had to memorize 15 words. The people that never smoked remembered, on average, nine out of 15. People that smoked pot every day for five remembered eight and a half. Really? <laughs> so it was like, hmm. like a half is hilarious. Yeah. The one, you <laughs> like know, literally like two syllables. The diehard. Yeah, the diehard anti. Yeah, they got the yeah. half. Uh. But so they, it's like, it, it compared to alcohol, I think, um, and the way it's advertised. It's different, it, though, because uh, alcohol ultimately is obviously a way harder drug. Mm. But I can have a beer and it won't have any effect on me, like no discernible effect. Whereas if I have like even a hit off of a joint That's or something, true. somebody who doesn't get high, that would make me really high. So like volume of drug. Yeah, so mm. it's, yeah. it's a much more potent I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's more potent, yeah. but less hard, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely no, yeah. does. Yeah. Per hit or like per intake, booze is less so, but. 
Did they run that same linguistics uh, linguistics test on people who drank alcohol heavily? I don't know. I heard this. I think it was on like Drudge Report or something. But um, that's a good question because um, it ties back to religion a little bit. But I know like because al alcoholics, yeah. it's like, well, I don't know what it is, but I know religious conversion is huge for helping alcoholism. Absolutely. Yeah. It's but, part um, of the 12 steps. Yeah. That's like the second step. First is you have yeah, a problem. Yeah, you have to believe in... Like, they make it sort of secular where you have to believe in a higher power. It's that meaning thing, that it's God, but yeah. then it becomes very Christian. No power. change is going to stop until, like, yeah. you actually have a reason to do so. But bringing it back to alcohol, I, I don't know if you guys know any of the science. I know, like, when you're... Like, the buzz from alcohol is basically, like, your brain swimming. and <laughs> Like, being quite, like... When, like, when you're taking an alcohol, obviously it's in your bloodstream. And so when you're about to black out or really drunk, it's basically your, like, your blood cells just swimming in alcohol. And it's like them dying is like you getting the buzz. Do you know that That's a I'm not trying to scare people because I drink. Obviously. Do you know that a yeah. hangover is actually alcohol withdrawal? withdrawal. Yeah. Oh, really? That's why yeah. people take shots in the morning. You yep. know? <laughs> your brain is actually hangover. so used to having alcohol after all that time that it's yeah. saying, I need more. One time, this is the grossest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I, I threw up because I had a hangover. That's a good start. And, no, wait. No, I sneezed <laughs> uh -oh. the day of having a... All right, so I threw up. <laughs> I threw up, and then uh, half an hour or whatever the hell goes by, and I sneeze. Scrambled eggs come out of oh. my nose. Oh, wow. That was the grossest thing that ever happened to me. That's insane. Yeah. Damn. And What'd I told my, I went downstairs and I instantly told my dad because I was fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? The, what was, was the night like, before? Did you think there were boogers at first? Or were you, <laughs> no, in, I, did you instantly <laughs> know it was eggs? Oh yeah. Cause I just had eggs. So I was hung over and then I was like, I'll just have a big breakfast. <laughs> 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 it was stupid. Every part of it was dumb. Everything I eat from here on out, I'm going to think like this might yeah, come out of my out. nose in a little bit. I remember that night I had, uh, <laughs> I had like, um. I was drinking straight vodka, oh. and I, I was like, this tastes like shit, so I cut it with flavored vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the night, they were like, who drank all of this vodka? <laughs> Not me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't drink unless, like, somebody's – if I'm already drunk, I, I want somebody there to watch me mm. drink because mm. I don't know quantities at all. Are you uh, a beer or hard liquor guy, Brett? I, like I like the art of – I don't – you're trying to get drunk. Like, I don't like you do. If I'm trying to get drunk, I usually combine the two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I really am not either one. I'm not really a if I was if you were to ask me if I was a drinker or a smoker, undoubtedly smoker. Mm -hmm. But I love margaritas. Oh, there you I go. love margaritas, oh, yeah. dude. No shame. That's like my drink. I love like Classy. fruity drinks. I had a painkiller the other week. Do you know what those are? They're essentially like pina coladas. Like a Vicodin? Alcohol painkillers. What's in it though? Uh, I don't know. It's it's like pineapple juice, hmm. coconut, Ooh, water. Those ones are dangerous. Like yes. Mm. You took the oh, yeah. Mouth, I mean, I like, just drank it down. It's juice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love mm. craft beer at the same time. Oh, really? But there's some times where I'm like, I'm going to drink Bud Light. And oh, like, yeah. That's like mm -hmm. what tonight is. <laughs> I love wine. And I don't like, mm. I'm not like a connoisseur. I don't like fine <laughs> yeah. wine. I like cheap, like box wine. You like the bitter oh, taste. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my beer. The way some people drink beer. I just don't get that, but hmm. I get it with wine. The blood of Christ. Yeah. It's the blood of Christ. <laughs> you feel Bring it back to religion. <laughs> <laughs> what but I'll like, if you give me a bottle of wine, I can just go ahead. Just Jack Kerouac it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? There's a Tom Waits quote. He's like, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah. What about um, you, Drew? What do you like? 
I like to gravitate between all of them, but mainly I enjoy beer. And okay. not I'm not like a craft beer kind of guy like Brett. Mm-hmm. Like I can enjoy maybe one with dinner, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I like to have a couple beers on a night where I'm trying to get a little buzzed. Oh, yeah. Or maybe wine. It, I think beer and wine are my two biggest. Okay. And then if it's like a party night, like if we're all going to the oh, bar, yeah. I don't know. I'll take a couple shots, but I'm I'm never the one to like, push the Initiate shots a shot. and That's be like smart. guys you want to take shots That's because smart. typically people will come up to me and like chris will already have one poured and he'll just hand it to me hmm. and i'm not going to say no <laughs> yeah those people are the expert drinkers i stay, oh, yeah. I stay away <laughs> shots are dangerous you ever have man. a pickleback hmm. shot it's oh gross man <laughs> where's bobby right. get him back <laughs> down here it's totally Pickle reversed because you should so you take a shot of like whiskey, whiskey. like jameson then you chase it with pickle juice. Oh, oh and it's I just gross. That. Why? Yeah. Isn't Jameson expensive? Why would you it waste is. that? Yeah. And Ugh. it tastes better, I think, than straight pickle juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, like, how, like, some things just neutralize the taste. Like, mm. have you ever done that tequila shot with the salt and the lime? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done that. Like, That's it's just bad. gone. Yeah. The, there's like, no burn ooh, anymore. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, like, if you're, like, you drinking straight vodka, like, Especially if you don't have any water. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that. <laughs> Not since the eggs. Kevin's no. just a vodka guy. That's <laughs> happened more than once, like where I, I never get hungover, and then if I have straight vodka for whatever reason, that'll uh, that'll get me. Are you guys an angry drunk, a happy drunk, a sappy drunk? Pissed. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> like good, like a happy. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen you drunk, Kevin. Were, did you drink in Maryland or no? Uh, I don't think so. N- no, no, just like a bit. I've um, never seen you drunk. I'm not a bad drunk. Mm. If I get, I, I sometimes I'll get like silent drunk mm. if I'm tired. But otherwise, I'm I'm probably more energetic than because I'm, I'm not so. energetic ever. So, what do you guys think about like drugs? Um, rather substance <laughs> like drugs. What do you guys think mm. about like awesome. substance <laughs> reliance? But like even if you still you're functioning like substance addict. Um, like say like someone like Hemingway who literally like <laughs> is like so prolific but yeah. is like heavily reliant on alcohol. Uh, I'd say he had a definite problem even though he wrote a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It depends on if it if it uh, seriously affects your life. Um, you know the problem with heroin is that the chances that it won't affect your life are so slim. <laughs> yeah. It could, any, you know. Uh, but if you're even if you're you're extremely dependent on the drug, mm. and it doesn't like coffee, say coffee, I'm dependent on. Yeah, I take like point. Zoloft. You know, there's a lot of people have a ton. Well, <laughs> unlike a prescription, <laughs> you know, just, like, like with the coffee in the coffee. Every, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's what they gauge it on. Is just. Uh, it's just like, I, can you be a functioning individual? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, it's even if you are, like, say say you're a prolific writer but you're a heroin addict like yeah there's the medical repercussions but there's also communal repercussions like here at BSU do you hear the thing with Narcan like they're supplying um, I think the guards or whatever the night guards dude it's in, in norms with not only Narcan that, but it's I believe it's Narcan. in those like new it's in those boxes and yes it's in most first aid kits now I was a life I'm a lifeguard in the cape and we mm-hmm. had Narcan do you, but, what is it because uh, I don't oh is that that thing it. that they shoot up the nose or yeah something it, it like stops you from heroin? exactly right. it, it brings you back for some reason wow. but like so, de- like, K- like 
all of America has a heroin problem, but like on yeah, Cape Cod, yeah. there's a lot of heroin addicts, mm-hmm. and like people were coming to Dennis to do their heroin because they knew that the lifeguards had Narcan, Jesus. so that they'd be able to revive them. Ooh. So they actually, this is the first year they took it away from because like it's like me and like yeah, I was the, the oldest lifeguard there. Like yeah. it's like yeah. younger kids like got to deal with that shit. Like they are not ready to yeah, ready revive to junkies. Them. But I've actually had multiple like heroin encounters Jesus like people there's this like one person who just like literally just like was sitting in the seawall and just like went forward in the sand and like they don't have heroin on mm. them it's all in their veins yeah. so yeah. like yeah. that's <laughs> the good. funny thing with drugs it's not so illegal sad. to be on them it's just illegal to have them exactly <laughs> if you're caught yeah. high it's like what if yeah. you're caught with pot then it's like oh you're getting a ticket exactly man um I don't know I like that's the funny thing I think that's the that's the argument you know people say oh Tylenol is a drug this is a drug like I think if you're at the right age, I think college is the right time to do this stuff too, to kind of experiment and mm. just get it out too. Cause you don't want to be like a 40 year old guy and you're like, I'm going to try Molly tonight. <laughs> like <laughs> That's a little sad. Like, <laughs> and that's a bad time to pick up that habit. So yeah. I don't know. I would encourage people to like do it, do you know, do it with friends. You said it too. Like, cause like, yeah, I mean, if you, hmm, you're going to, you're going to encounter it. and you're not, if you have an, a, if you're obviously addictive personality, yeah. don't do any drugs. Um, but whatever. Kevin's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care what you do. <laughs> well, I just like, yeah. I don't think I could get addicted to drugs. I just don't like them that much. Well, that's the thing. You think an addict is going to be like, no, but I don't I'm know. Good. I, don't, like, I haven't done drugs. I haven't done like heroin or anything. So. No. Um, were you going to say, Drew? Hmm. I was just going to say that I feel like it's funny that there's a threshold that a lot of people reach hmm. where I, f- I feel like where when it comes to pot, like you and I we have a fairly functional relationship with it where mm. we don't need, we don't have that need to be like, all right, this is destroying my life. Like I need to stop today. Like mm-hmm. from this point on, I'm done with it. Mm. Where some people reach that point, that rock bottom in their lives yeah. where they, they're like, nothing I've tried works. I always go back to it. I need it. Mm. So I need either need to be with or without it. Mm. Like getting to that point where, yeah. where you need to completely isolate yourself from that thing. I feel like there's there's a beauty in finding that balance where you can mm. be like, you know, maybe like every couple of weeks I yeah. smoke some pot. Moderation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, moderation. Or it's like, no, I don't smoke cigarettes. It's like if yeah. you just like got out of jail and like you're walking home like, <laughs> and some guy offers you a cigarette, like smoke cigarettes. Did you just get out of jail? <laughs> no, no I just, <laughs> Wait, I'm just what? like. No, I know what you mean. But I also feel like when you do that like. Totally, like I'm done with that. You actually neuroticize it in yes. a bit, and you yep. actually make it into a problem. Yep. Yeah. Whereas when you let it go, and it's like, if it comes my way, like, mm. there's a book that I um, it's super influenced me. It was called Infinite Jest, and it has a lot to do with addiction. It takes place. I in remember Boston. you had that book. Yeah, guys, it's, that's a book like this. It's <laughs> like, it's funny because it got me into philosophy, and once again, that was a posture. Like I was like, oh, it's so smart and this and that, but it's like, it's good to get out of that, and um, it's better to just try and be smart and not like act like it but point being is that uh, in the book it says since it has to deal with addiction it's like one thing is like addicts are addicted to thinking and 99% of their thinking is thinking about themselves mm, and so narcissistic yeah pretty much yeah it, it's because that's the whole paradox of it it's like I don't want to depend on it but I do and this and that and so uh, there's a lot of sort of like you have to stop thinking when it comes to yeah. quitting hmm. I feel like that's, really a, that's a trope it's mm-hmm. like the, the tragic intellectual mm, yeah. of like like the super like cynical like mm-hmm. then it, and just like it's gonna end with me like mm-hmm. killing myself like yeah. why can't we be like mm-hmm. a happy intellectual who like loves life yeah. i think mm-hmm. most of those 
figures or artists. Yeah. So they're, um, you know, that's its own temperament. I don't know if it has mm. to do with intellectualism. That's kind of true. Yeah. Uh, if you're an artist, you're probably too sensitive. That personality <laughs> uh, type tends mm. towards yeah. intellectualism. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't really hear about uh, all the intellectuals and artists that are psychologically healthy because that's not as mm. interesting. Nothing wrong with it. So him, you yeah. wouldn't hear that. You know, mm. That's like nothing's like, wrong. <laughs> Good you guy. Know, how Niels Bohr was, uh, you know, a level-headed guy. Yeah. yeah. It romanticizes exactly. it too. Yeah. Yes. Like, exactly. Like that Hemingway, like he put a shotgun in his mouth and yeah. ended it all because he yeah. couldn't take it. Yeah. You never hear about relatable. that guy who's like, like really happy and like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, ask yeah, kids and like, he's my guy. I don't know what it is about. Oh, sorry. But his problem was clearly hereditary because his I think what like three siblings mm -hmm. committed suicide his yeah. father committed suicide and then one of his daughters Jesus I mean yeah they just they just drop like flies the Hemingways <laughs> I wonder if there's a correlation like between alcohol like maybe substance some sub, some sort of substance mm -hmm. like uh, reliance yeah I'm sure he was naturally depressive and mm -hmm. I think that we haven't really the science hasn't really caught up with that yet it's mm. like the hereditary nature of these tendencies. Of addiction. Yeah. yeah. And like... I believe it. Absolutely. A disease, man. Dude, it's absolutely. Like, people are like, why can't you pull yourself up on yep. your bootstraps? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. come on, buy your bootstraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not it. Like, the person like doesn't... Like, they clearly would if they could. Mm. No, nobody would choose being a, a complete <laughs> yeah, heroin no, addict be over being a sober person. Right. Yeah, it's not... Do you know what I heard that was really interesting? Is that, like, people think that the opposite of of addicted is sober, but mm -hmm. it's really not. Sober mm -hmm. is baseline. The op the very opposite of of addicted is connected. Huh. Because wow. like you're having these connections in your life. Right. All like the energy's flowing oh, through you. You have all of these like what's that? They did a study with um well first it was Vietnam vets and then they did it with rats. And so it's like the soldiers in Vietnam were being given I don't know if it was cocaine or crack, but they were given some sort of... I don't think they everything did crack. They were, they were given time. an amphetamine, we'll say, and it was supposed to keep them awake so they could fight, and then they would come back. And 90% of them weren't addicted to crack, and it was because they entered meaningful lives, and they mm. had a social circle, mm. and they did the same thing with rats. They gave them, I think it was in a water, but it was another drug. The isolated ones would stay addicted, but ones that would get to play and see their family, the rat family. I mean, a, a rat is a pretty good model for a person in a lot of psychological ways, but ones that, like you said, found meaning and purpose didn't become addicted. Have you ever heard of that like rat park study? What's that? So essentially they put like cocaine infused oh, water yes. in a rat's cage yep. and it was just at first it was just a, a cage it was just a cage a regular mm -hmm. ca like room yep. and it would just be one rat all by itself and of course like the rat just goes and just keeps taking yep. hits and hits and hits of cocaine until it dies mm -hmm. and then they did another study where they had made this huge like bunch of different cages connected like utopia with ball <laughs> rat yeah. utopia other That's rats insane. in there and then they put like a ton of these cocaine things mm -hmm. and none of them would touch it. None. Because they're happy, they're connected, they're moving around. It's oh. not, mm. they don't have that like neuroticism and Maybe isolation. that's the answer to what you're talking about is that the, the moderation or the use of drugs has to be coupled with some sort of social life. I think obviously people who use it or abuse it are masking some sort of psychological pain and we all kind of deal with that stuff. You know, be it going back to the existential thing, like everyone has some sort of fear. There's an old... Eastern thing. It's like master your fears or they master you. Mm. Um, and so I think that's exactly what you're saying is that if you're going to be doing this stuff, I wouldn't say like tell someone like, hey, like look at me. I'm smoking. But like don't go into the worlds of drugs alone, I think. I think that's mm. a big thing. Dude, going back to the uh, Vietnam vet thing, mm. I actually personally knew a, a Vietnam veteran really? that I used to work with actually at my first job. 
I was like 16 when mm-hmm. I started working oh, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And I met this old dude, Sully. <laughs> dude, he was a character, man. Mm-hmm. He went to Vietnam and he was one of the stories of like, yeah, they gave him drugs there to stay awake. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he didn't necessarily keep that, the habit of that particular drug. Sure. But dude, he tried everything under the sun when wow. he was in Vietnam. Yeah. And when he got back, he he just kept going for that like he would he would mm. he was an alcoholic mm. he would do coke he would do, he would blow lines all the yeah. time before work and i remember one thing that stood out to me that that he said once when we were washing dishes mm. he was like drew let me tell you the best thing about vietnam all the drugs you could get <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's crazy man. yeah that's a fulfilled Dark. social happy man it sounds like that's yeah, like because right? that's really what life is about is he's like the connection that you have with yeah. the people who you care about mm-hmm. i saw on that uh Ken Burns' Vietnam documentary. Mm-hmm. There was one guy who used to do these night missions with a radio and uh, like reconnaissance missions, but he'd be really, really close to the enemy. Yeah. And he said that he still sleeps with a nightlight. Wow. And the guy's like 50-something years. Wow. He was hmm. 50 at the in time of the interview. He's like, yeah, that's when my kids found out that their father had been in the war is when they started asking huh. why they can't sleep with a nightlight anymore. But he can. But I, but I can. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so sad. It's dark. Well, that's yeah. another thing too. I mean, you could think of an addict like it's a tra- that's a tragic story, but like the fact that like you can think of, like people get tested in amazing and awful ways. Like the, the the length that a person can go, both good and bad, like to suffer and to prosper, it's it's really insane. Like humans can go, we can do a lot of. We're pretty endurable for being. We are durable. Being mm. upright, fleshy, <clears throat> sex, yeah. meat. Abs- this body can take some beating. <laughs> we can we can <laughs> adapt. We can adapt very well. Yeah. Not only physically yeah. but mentally, man. Mm. Like look at these people who like were put in a cage when they were children and like fed mm. like scraps and they mm-hmm. come out to like be totally connected. They're like, like they're speaking about it. Most no, of but some of those people. Speakers. Some of those people. <laughs> some of those people never yeah. learn language and they're like severely autistic. Mm-hmm. Mm, like wow. the MK Ultra people. Do you guys know about MK no, Ultra? Oh, yeah. MK Ultra is a crazy. It was a uh, an experiment that the CIA was carrying out. I believe mm. in the fifties, okay. where they were literally kidnapping people off the streets, like prostitutes, homeless people, um, black people, mm. literally anyone that was not deemed like your typical, I don't know, American stand up. Yeah. yeah, literally, like they wouldn't take like families apart. Yeah. But yeah. they would they would basically take anyone that they considered to be like scum of the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what they would do is they would run these LSD experiments on them okay. where they would dose them for extended amounts of time ranging anywhere from like a week to six months was the longest known trial where they would keep these people drugged up on like a hundred times the dose of LSD and they would torture them on this. They would basically they were trying to use it as a semi mind control drug they wanted to see if they could use it for espionage to try to get i don't know like sleeper cells oh, like a to, exactly yeah. like an interrogation drug Jesus. so they would they would have these like these literally just people not criminals mm-hmm. people citizens yeah. drugged up on lsd kidnapped for like fuck, like can you imagine six months being on lsd held against your will and who's gonna believe you right yeah right the you government put me on lsd for six <laughs> months dude you can read okay. all about this <laughs> it's completely declassified wow. Wow. where'd you read it from like what was the name of the thing again mk ultra look at, dude let me see there's like there's, stuff, there's archer episodes on it like oh really it's it's a yeah huh. it's a art, that's supposed to be funny <laughs> have you ever heard of eugenics of course yeah eugenics like is stuff it started in america oh really yeah 
Huh. Eugenics is like they tried to steer the population to a superior race, and it was li- like you could literally learn about it in in call. You could go to college for we, it. We yeah, they were trying to kill people with special needs and just yes, yeah, so we euthanized the mentally ill in the tens and twenties. Not only that, but we were sterilizing yep. thousands of like black people, Spanish people. Really? What they do is like an appendectomy when they take out your appendix. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a little tiny incision, but before it was like side to oh. side. And so what they do with a black woman who had it. Well, not just a black woman, but any minority right. woman. They'd go in, and while you're under there, Histori- just tie them, just tie them tubes. More bang wow. for your mm. buck. And now you're sterilized. <laughs> you get it. Right? And they'd say, and then you wake up, you try to have, you can never have kids. Mm. Then they didn't, uh, there was no consent. They, they didn't tell None. them. None. They oh, would not even tell, tell them. Oh. Dude, let me read you a little bit oh. on Well, they consented to the appendectomy, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> what you got? So Project MKUltra, also called, C- uh, also called CIA's Mind Control Program, is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects at times illegal, designed and undertaken by the United States CIA. Experiments on humans were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations and torture mm-hmm. in order to weaken the individual force confessions through mind control. Organized through the Scientific Intelligence Division of the CIA, the project coordinate with the Special Operations Division of the U.S. Army's Chemical Corps. And there's a ton of information here, mm. but basically, like I said, they would just kidnap people and put them on this. And it was funny because everything they were doing was in direct violation of the Nuremberg Codes, mm-hmm. which was created by the U.S. and the U.N. Hmm. after World War II. Right in direct response to the Nazi scientists. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we literally created these guidelines and then secretly broke all the laws right. for our own good. Huh. So like I heard that when when the like Nazi officials were put on trial, mm-hmm. one of the guys who one of the officials pointed to the US judge and he was like, "You guys are prosecuting us right now, but we took these ideas of eugenics from you. Mm-hmm. You started this and we learned from it. Yeah. And now we're being out. prosecuted." Yeah. Because America's the police. Hmm. Yeah. Insane. The scope of Project MKUltra was broad with research undertaken at 80 institutions, including 44 colleges and universities, as well as hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated through these institutions using front organizations, yeah. although sometimes top officials at these institutions were aware of CIA's involvement. Um, you know what's incredible is they must have found out nothing. <laughs> like, <they must> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, like what was the scientific what did they yield yeah. like just that you they just you trip. can't they're like man lsd makes people crazy after weeks. yeah like, i mean <laughs> yeah. i guess you can sort of it got to be a little more suggestible but it's not like it's not the key to mind control it makes me think of and we can stay on this too but like in the reagan administration with the monkeys and marijuana do you know about that test i know mm. yeah yeah they um, <laughs> I heard about that so the the report was that like to make marijuana seem dangerous they were like we gave these monkeys a joint in five minutes and it's like and half their brain cells were dead and the next day but and so they said it was like a joint in an hour but what they were doing was they would give them an they were doing was they would give them an they were doing was they would give them an they were doing was they would give them an they were doing was they would give them